0: You're listening to the Next Exec podcast series with Executive Women's Forum. Victoria Gilbertera is a senior information security engineer at CVS Health as a member of the security architecture team. Her work includes designing and implementing security solutions in collaboration with multiple information security team members and stakeholders. Outside of the office, Victoria is on the board of Elevate Phoenix, working to develop women in leadership in the greater Phoenix area. On this episode of Wise Women, Victoria is sitting down with Chief Privacy Officer Sunny Athwal. They will discuss how Sunny got to where she is today, as well as the triumphs and challenges that came along the way. Sunny gives great advice on being a female in a heavily male-dominated field and the attributes that make up a great leader. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the new episode of the Next Exec Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Next Exec podcast, where we discuss diverse current topics within the context of information security, risk management, and privacy. The next exec podcast is produced by the Rising Leaders Forum of the Executive Women's Forum, the largest member organization serving emerging leaders, as well as the most prominent and influential female executives in the information security, risk management, and privacy industries. For more information and to become a member, visit ewf-usa.com. Next Exec's Wise Women series features interviews between EWF's rising leaders and accomplished executives in information security, risk management, and privacy. My name is Victoria Gibraltar, and I'm excited to be your host for this episode. By day, I'm a security architect for one of the leading healthcare companies, and in the after hours, I provide inspiration and guidance to professional women as a board member of Elevate Phoenix. Joining me here, I have the honor of introducing uh, Sunny for us today. Sunny is a a Magic Circle qualified lawyer with extensive in-house experience, ranging from risk and compliance to digital technology in the financial services sector. She also is a data protection subject matter expert with a pan-european data protection experience with a general commercial background and has a broad variety of privacy and commercial experience. So Sunny, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm glad we could chat. Thank you for the opportunity. So first, I wanted to hear a little bit more about
1: your um, background in, in your own words and, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So like you said um, in that short summary, uh, my background is I'm a lawyer. So I went the traditional route to getting qualified as a lawyer, um, at least in the UK, because I'm from London. And then I focused predominantly on general commercial. And that's how I kind of fell into privacy. Um, so I most of my legal background has been in-house. So, just for quick translation, what that means is I wasn't providing legal advice to, to as, a, as a lawyer at a law firm, right? So, I was working in-house for corporate organisations. And that has been, actually, in hindsight, a fantastic start to my career, I think, especially with embedding yourself and understanding the dynamics of corporate Mm organisations. So if you're a traditional lawyer, you're really kind of more hands off uh, outside view and providing advice very legalistic. Mm -hmm. Whereas I had the opportunity to actually to understand the business and tailored my advice, which has actually helped me now even with my risk and compliance and privacy role. Um, So I started off providing legal expertise from the privacy background. So I was a privacy lawyer and I have slowly as the industry and privacy space has evolved, moved into more of a risk and compliance function. So most organizations now have embedded privacy in their organization under risk and compliance because it's a natural fit. Right, Privacy is a risk like any other risk, uh, engagement risks, legal or regulatory risk, and it's much easier for organizations to track and manage those risks if it sits under risk and compliance. So that's my background.
0: I love it. And how did you did you always want to um, do law and data protection privacy or
1: how did you get into that space? Um, It's actually quite interesting. I say GDPR has changed the privacy space immensely. Mm -hmm. So I started doing privacy, I want to say... 12 years ago um, when it wasn't really a hot, sexy topic, right? (laughs) Nobody really knew much about data protection. It was, it was something, it was kind of like a a bolt on, right? It was, okay, do we have our privacy um, registrations, for example, in Europe with our regulators and a privacy notice? And that was it. And we had to be, you had to be very proactive and knocking on people's doors to say, hey, you know, you need to be careful about privacy. You need to think about privacy. And nobody really paid attention And now the tables have turned, right? right? People are now knocking on my door, right? They're like, what's GDPR? What do we need to do? How do we make sure we're compliant? So that's, I think, been a real big evolution for the privacy uh, practitioners and the industry. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So
0: what would you say is, uh, what has been your greatest success to date in your career?
1: Uh. Well, I'm probably going to put a little bit of a different spin on it because I think my greatest success in my career has been the fact that I've managed to uh, really progress my career whilst being a working mum. And to me, that's a huge success, right? For women who have children, have families, it's very difficult to manage being a mum, a wife, um, and also being a working woman so to me I think the fact that my career has progressed so quickly and so far and successfully is testament to the fact that I've been able to do it while I've been a working mom so to me that's a success There's, I've had other successes you know small successes along the way but to me that's the pinnacle one.
0: Yeah, and I think that balancing act, ha- having so many hats, us as women yeah. in our careers, we play a lot of roles. So we being do. able to handle all of that is, is a really huge skill. So I definitely consider yep. that a success. That's awesome. Um, so then, on the, on the other side of things,
1: what is one thing that you um, still maybe struggle with today in your career? Uh, Switching off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure many women can relate to that. Again, coming back to the role that we play, right? We work twice as hard to prove ourselves. For example, you go on maternity leave, right? You come back, companies change, processes have changed, people have changed, and you have to work extra hard to adapt and get up to speed you work twice as hard to get to where you are but then it, it's very difficult to take time out for yourself so I think mm-hmm. it's very important yeah. and now we're moving to more dynamic ways of working so working from home which is fantastic especially as a working mum but then it also blurs the lines between home and work and it's very difficult to actually just switch off right. and create that distinction right like okay I'm off work now Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that I struggle with um, and also like I said you want strive to be the best and you give it your all, but you need to take time out for yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I work from home too, and I struggle a lot with, you know, taking, stepping away and I started working out during my lunch breaks and that has been very helpful for me. It's very nice. (laughs) Um, so this, this series that we're doing it, you know, for our rising leaders, a lot of us are female millennials who are getting started in our careers, um, or, or, really starting to launch off in our careers. And I wanted to know, um, what advice would you give to a female millennial looking to break into the cybersecurity industry?
1: Um, I would say, don't be afraid. Use your female instincts and the female traits that we naturally have. Mm-hmm. Right? We're very good at creating relationships, being open, you know, we're not scared to talk about our feelings and know how to have dialogue with people. And I think when you're going into if it's cybersecurity, if it's privacy, whatever industry it is, the relationships that you build with your stakeholders in those businesses is what will make you a success. Yeah. So using those things that come naturally to us, I think will help you definitely in your, in your career. It's the people element that is very important.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the ways I look up to you and, and many of our female leaders is they lead with almost like gut leadership and I mm. can tell they use their instincts and it's a really awesome skill that I think we have as as females in this industry. Mm-hmm. So how has uh, being a woman in this industry played out in your career? Have you had any struggles or have you had any opportunities that have kind of come from being a woman in, in privacy?
1: Um, I would actually say, um, at least from my perspective, I've had probably more opportunities than struggles. I've been quite fortunate. Most of the companies that I have I have worked with have a very strong female leadership. Um, there's a lot of women's presence on the boards, and I think that definitely helps. Um, all women. If you have representation at senior executive level with fellow women on the board, it definitely helps and it creates more opportunity, right? Especially, like I said, if you're a working mom, um, you want more flexibility. There, are, women are a bit more understanding. So I think I've definitely, say, I've had more opportunities. And like I said, building those relationships, right? So for example, if it's your uh, general counsel or it's one of your board members, you know, making sure that you build those dynamic relationships with women and they will help you they will help you progress right we're all here as a sisterhood to help each other i think one of the things that i have noticed and luckily i haven't had um exposure to it myself is that it sometimes you get you do hear about women you know not helping each other out backstabbing or those types of things I think those are the things that we need to be cognizant and conscious of and try not to play a role in mm-hmm. and we should all should empower each other
0: yeah we really can switch that narrative and I think yeah. it's on all of us to do that and and I like that you brought up a good point a lot of we tend to focus you know it's hard to be a woman in this industry and it really is but there's also those opportunities so I love hearing that. experiences from you take advantage of them definitely (laughs) all right so now I want to focus a little bit more specifically on leadership Uh, what are the most important decisions you make as a leader of your organization
1: Um, I think there's three different key topics or areas that most leaders will identify with. One is people, right, recognizing uh, individual skills and talents and making sure that they're honed and used to the best of their ability. So people management, decisions around people management and what role should sit where is definitely a key uh, a, a, a very differentiating decision maker of a good leader mm-hmm. um, and then streamlining processes right? right all businesses nowadays need to be agile adaptable cost less more efficient so being able to understand you know what things are working what are not working, what can be streamlined is definitely a, a decision of a, a decision that a, a good leader needs to make and um, And then I think the last one um, is being adaptable to change. Yeah. It's very easy to think, you know, this particular model might work great for the organization at one point in time or for a different organization. And for let's say you join a new company, right? You're used to doing things a certain way. Mm-hmm. But when you join a different organization, they might have a different culture or a different way of doing things. They may not be as mature in their program. So I think being adaptable to change as a leader is definitely a key skill that you need to have. So make sure you understand your business and you, you change your practices and your ways of working.
0: Yes, I love that. All three of those examples, I think, Are very relevant to today's kind of business world. So, Um, so also, what is uh, one characteristic
1: that you believe every leader should possess? Empathy and good people management. I love that. Yeah. So, you could have the world's greatest gold standard program or practice and tools. In place, but what really hinges on it being best in class is the people, Mm -hmm. right? You need to make sure you empower your uh, your direct reports, your team, the wider business, right? So they are the ones who, for example, like with privacy, right? Embedding a culture of privacy in an organisation, you can't do that with process or tools. Mm -hmm. That's something that you need your workforce and your employees to really come on board with and filter down. So I think people management and empathizing right yeah. everybody has different ways of working or um you know circumstances in their personal life mm-hmm. I think you need to be empathized with those as well so people management is definitely the best skill
0: definitely and I noticed that just with my leaders when they are empathetic leaders and practice that I feel more valued I produce exactly. better results so yeah I love that so what are you doing um, to ensure you continue to grow and develop as a leader? Because I know you just gave us great advice, but how do, you, how do you come and learn all of
1: this? What are you doing today? <laughs> I've, for at least today in my career, I've mostly learned from my previous uh, roles like my managers or p- people that I've worked with and I liked their style of working or I thought that they were very influential so I think having mentor mentors or a coach definitely helps Yeah, um, and you know keeping those relationships with different types of people right so if somebody might be great you know, on ops, right, and getting things done, somebody might have fantastic skills with people management. So I think to be able to make sure you're constantly evolving as a uh, as an individual with your career is leveraging those people that you identify with and think actually they have skill sets that I would like to build on. Um, and that's... I haven't really done a, a, a kind of regimented mentor program. I've, mm-hmm. I have tried them in corporate organizations, but they feel too rigid. Right. right? So my kind of relationship with my mentor has evolved with time. Right. Like going to them for advice. And it's just it just happens naturally. Yeah. And that's the way things work with me. But it might work differently with other people. But I think having a mentor it definitely helps with your career and coaching as well. Yeah. Right. Women, we tend to we don't have as much confidence as men. Mm. Right. The whole imposter syndrome. I think having a coach definitely helps with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> confidence is basically the baseline that you need for anything that you want to do as a leader. Right, definitely. Yeah, I love that. And I think mentoring, you know, finding leaders who
0: you you like their style so you can emulate it, that's so helpful. And then Mm coaching too we all need it i think confidence boost we all can use it sometimes so mm. <laughs> i think that's great um well thank you so much for for taking the time to speak with me today Sonia. it was really fun um and thank you to all of our listeners for joining in today and um being be on the lookout for the next next exec podcast coming soon